Yasna Kolin is an extraordinary person in a lot of respects. A brilliant mind, a logician, and scholar, and poet, and one of the most powerful knights radiant on Roshar. She's also a pretty hard utilitarian, which has become a big buzzword around here lately, just because of my own stuff, but most relevant to our discussion this week is the fact that she is an atheist. Yes, in a world of magic and monsters and shards running around, Yasna holds that the Almighty does not exist. And, more interestingly, I think, is the fact that uh, the author, Brandon Sanderson, is a devout Mormon who nevertheless provides her with the best possible arguments for being a skeptic. So, it's a little bit of a heavy topic this week, but we're going to go for it anyway. Uh, what do Yasna's beliefs reveal about the world, and how do they relate to our conception of God? Uh, well, I'm your host, Arian, and this week we're going to break that down on this episode of The World Hopper's Guide. Spoilers ahead for the entire Cosmere, and obviously the Stormlight Archive. So, let's take a look at the facts on Roshar. The primary religion, uh, that we see at least, is Voranism, which holds that there is an almighty, a singular god who fights endlessly in the Tranquiline Halls. This view informs much of Voran culture and their death practices, as well as their understanding of the universe. The Ardents are priests who help people achieve their calling, some profession or endeavor that lets them fulfill their role in the battle for the Tranquiline Halls once they die. And at the beginning of the Stormlight Archive, uh, Yasna Kolin rejects this view outright. She questions everything, including the Voran Church, and sees no evidence for the existence of the Almighty. She's a scholar, a scientist, a skeptic. Uh, every other point of view character, however, believes more or less wholesale. Uh, you could say that Kaladin is a little bit uh, questioning his belief as well, which falls in line with other characters as well. We see that in Sezed to some degree, in Kelsier, uh, in Hrothen from Elantris. I mean, we see it in Light Song at the very least. All these characters kind of fall under similar packages, but Yasna is the most obvious strict atheist, not just questioning. Yasna's atheism, though, is definitely a point of contention in the world, much to her dismay. She keeps it as a personal belief with a mind open to being changed, but it still causes conflict with much of the Voran world. Others tend to press her on the matter because, you know, obviously gods exist. Uh, the ardent Kopsal uses harmonics to try to indicate the existence of the Almighty, which obviously doesn't work. She's branded as a heretic. She's got a lot of a lot of problems uh, for for that belief. But the question is, you know, is she right? And and if she's wrong, will anything convince her? So perhaps we should take a step back here and clarify our terms. The current popular understanding, which is informed heavily by Christianity and the other Abrahamic religions, uh, which I just happen to be the most familiar with, despite sort of not having any religious beliefs myself, uh, but the current Christian understanding is agreed to be, at the very least, an all-powerful, all-good, all-knowing being. That sounds roughly right, I think, and probably applies more or less to most religions, especially the other Abrahamic ones. Uh, we can strip away all of the more controversial aspects, the specific rituals like baptism or the language of the service, and we also know that not every view is like that, since there is polytheism of the sort associated with the Greeks and Romans, and maybe even modern-day Hindus, though uh, I'm, again, less familiar with that, even though I am Indian American, I just don't know it as much. I, but I don't think the Roman transactional relationship with God is the kind of relationship we have in mind when thinking of religion in general, uh, and certainly not the Cosmere religions. By and large, then, uh, we say God, as we understand it, is all-good, all-powerful, and all-knowing, capable of prodigious feats beyond mortal limits. I don't think that view is super controversial. 
So, as we continue with the Stormlight Archive, and the Cosmere in general, do we see this play out? We know that Honor, one of the shards of Adenalsium, did in fact exist, and does power supernatural magic, the very magic that Yasna uses. A powerful, non-physical being that fuels supernatural powers feels oddly godlike, for sure. In fact, it certainly seems like any shard is essentially a god. We've literally seen the Stormfather, we've seen Endowment bring the Returned back to life, and Ruin and Preservation literally created humanity on their planet. Uh, many of these gods are worshipped in various different religions. Autonomy has multiple religions dedicated to various aspects of herself. So, how can Yasna claim that she's seen no evidence of the Almighty's work? All these things we've talked about certainly sound like miracles of the sort we would associate with a god. Well, I think the woman says it best herself. She says, it strikes me that religion, in its essence, seeks to take natural events and ascribe supernatural causes to them. I, however, seek to take supernatural events and find the natural meaning behind them. Perhaps that is the final dividing line between science and religion, opposite sides of a card. Now, I don't think that's being entirely fair to religion, but I do think that she's hit upon a paradox we reach when we try to understand God. The more we know about investiture and shards, the more we understand how these magical feats work and how the shards are limited in their powers, paradoxically, the less godlike they appear. We see this play out to some extent in Warbreaker. Uh, there, one of our key perspective characters is a return from the Halandrin Court of Gods. But I don't think there was anything truly divine about Lightsong, bless his charming little heart. Uh, this is also the view that Dalinar sort of takes when he acknowledges that Honor was the being that they called the Almighty, and that the Almighty is dead, but he does not believe that Honor was God. Unsurprisingly, I think, Yasna would get along pretty well with David Hume, the 18th century philosopher and atheist who famously posed a lot of challenges, but uh, specifically, in this case, to the notion of miracles. Hume says, roughly, that if something miraculous is infrequent enough to be special and mystical, then he says we lack the evidence to properly believe that it happened. It's overwhelmingly more likely that somebody pulled a trick, or was simply mistaken, or something funky was going on. I don't think those were his exact words, but they're mine, so whatever. Uh, on the other hand, if a miracle is performed enough times to be repeatable, even commonplace, then it ceases to be a miracle. If somebody walks on water enough to be scientifically measured, then that means science simply needs to rethink its assumptions about how the world works. With that, then, uh, David Hume and Yasna Cullen would also probably love to meet Arthur C. Clarke. Any sufficiently advanced technology might be indistinguishable from magic, and, in return, any sufficiently understood magic might be indistinguishable from technology. At the point where we understand enough about the magic system to have reproducible results, I think we can say we've moved from supernatural back to natural. Endowment isn't just miraculously returning people to life. She's creating cognitive shadows and putting them back into bodies. Honor isn't just granting supernatural powers. Stormlight is a resource that must be trapped in gems, breathed in, and provides specific powers like gravitation and adhesion that fit in pretty well with our understanding of the natural world. So I think we can agree with Dalinar and say that the shards, for all their godlike appearances, aren't actually gods. They're mortal vessels holding large swaths of investiture, and we mostly understand how they work even if their powers are well beyond those of a mortal. But Dalinar wonders, if Honor is not God, is there still one out there? And in the Cosmere, it does seem like we have one potential answer, Adenalsium. So, was Adenalsium God, the characters in-world, 
certainly say as much. Chris, uh, the scholar, definitely refers to Aiden Alzium as God, but I think that's very much still a definitional claim. At the present moment, Aiden Alzium has a stronger claim to that title than anything else we've seen, despite the fact that it was killed. Being composed of 16 shards worth of investiture and effectively creating the Cosmere, not to mention the fact that its existence is shrouded in mystery, and we're only getting bits and pieces. From that perspective, I think there's a fair argument for characters and readers alike to think that Aiden Alzium was God, but I'm not entirely convinced. Leaving aside the fact that God was seemingly killed, I think we're going to learn a great deal more about the mechanics of Aiden Alzium, and maybe even a personality, in the upcoming Dragonsteel books. And perhaps that being will fulfill the conception of an all-good, all-knowing, all-powerful being, but, you know, I don't think it would. One would expect that God can't be killed or can't be fooled, but, you know, maybe, 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 I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm being uncharitable or too stringent on what's considered a true God. I don't really know, since that's a perspective I don't necessarily have myself. Uh, still, I think it's a fascinating balance that we need to strike between understanding and faith. Science and religion can and do go hand in hand when you've got a fair bit of both. You know, what's the difference between a Superman and a god? If a creature comes down to Earth right now and is capable of moving mountains and, and turning water into wine and claims to be a god, I think we would still look upon them with suspicion. I mean, Sanderson himself even sort of explores this concept in Steelheart, believe it or not. I mean, when you look at the things that the, uh, the epics can do in that series... One might call them godlike, one might consider Steelheart a god, but from the perspective of someone who doesn't live in Yukago, I don't think we see Steelheart that way. <laughs> but anyway, whenever we're talking about faith in Sanderson's work, it's almost impossible not to mention the author's own point of view. Brandon Sanderson is, in fact, a practicing Mormon. As, I'm sure, are many of his readers, and a good portion of you guys, shout out to the Utah listeners. But one of Brandon's greatest strengths as a writer is his ability to write characters from a variety of viewpoints many of them radically different from his own. From Teravangian's utilitarianism, to the laid-back cultures of the Pure Lake, to characters like Yasna and Dalinar who actively question their religion. As he's mentioned on writing excuses, Brandon believes that it's especially necessary that he take the time to make sure these viewpoints get the strongest arguments they can. He doesn't strawman because he knows what it's like to be strawmanned himself. As a result, Yasna has some very rational reasons for not believing in the Almighty. We've gone through many of them already. But, as for whether Adenalsium was capital G God, characters within the Cosmere might believe it because they don't understand it, but I have my doubts that Brandon has written Adenalsium with that in mind. Brandon has been cagey about the spiritual realm, sure, but he's been even more cagey about the beyond, the place where souls go, where shards can't quite see. Actually, you know what, I'm just going to read out what Brandon himself has to say on the matter. So this comes from JordanCon 2018, when someone asks, after people die in this universe, where exactly do they go? Because at first they appear in this one world, and then they go somewhere else. In response, Brandon says, So where do people go when they die in the Cosmere? One of the things that's very important to me as a writer, when I'm writing stories, is that when we get to these kinds of fundamental questions about faith and religion and things like that, is allowing multiple characters' viewpoints to be plausibly true, if this makes sense. For instance, I am not going to come out and say, is there a capital G God of the Cosmere? Is there an afterlife? These are not questions I'm going to answer, because in-world, they can't answer them. What they can say is, your investiture will leave what we call a cognitive shadow, which is an imprint of your personality that can do certain things, and that most of those fade away, and you can see them, glimpse them, and then watch them go. 
but are they going somewhere, or are they not? Is that simply the investiture being reclaimed? Is it more of a Buddhist thought, where your soul is getting recycled and used again? Is it nothing you return to, you know, being... Yeah, is it, is it a different type of matter? Or is there a beyond? Is there a capital G God? Things like this, these questions are not answered. I'm never going to answer those. Now, the characters will try to answer them. But it's important to me that both Dalinar and Yasna can exist in the same universe. That the story is not saying, this one is right and this one is wrong. The story is saying, this is how this one sees the world, this is how this one sees the world. It's very important to me from the beginning to do that. Just because, like, I hate reading a book where someone espouses my viewpoint only to get proven wrong by the entire structure of the narrative, and in that universe, that person is wrong. But I'm like, in our universe, I don't think that I am. Just the way that you constructed everything makes it so that I have to be wrong if I were living in your universe, even if it's a universe that's not a sci-fi fantasy one, if that makes sense. This is just kind of for respecting my characters and for the people who hold the viewpoints of my characters, in particular if they happen to be different from my own viewpoints. I feel there are certain lines I'm not going to cross. So the answer is, who do you believe? Which of the philosophies in the books do you look at and say, yeah, or even better, Listen to lots of different ones, and maybe these different viewpoints are all going to have interesting points that'll give you something to think upon. I, I, I love a lot about this answer, and I think that's as good a sentiment as any to end on here. Uh, so Sanderson leaves these questions intentionally open, I think, for many reasons. Not just because he doesn't want to preach, but the moment he starts to say that, the moment he starts to put that into Cosmere terms, is the moment, I think, that entity stops being God because we'd all collectively want to define the mechanics of that being's existence, the limitations, the investiture, the specifics of how they interact with the universe. And I think that goes against uh, what we need in order to believe. Without choice in our belief one way or another, without uncertainty about the nature of God, in other words, without faith, God isn't really God at all. So thanks for listening to this episode of The World Hopper's Guide. Let me know if you have any comments, counter-arguments, or thoughts about things I got right, or most likely got wrong, in this episode, and in the podcast in general, either in an email to worldhoppersguide at gmail.com, or in a comment on the Reddit thread. And if you like what you heard, feel free to subscribe to the show or recommend it to your Cosmere-friendly friends. Uh, and if you enjoy the show and would like to support it, I'd really appreciate a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. It helps get this show seen by more people and widens our little community. But as always, thanks to Kevin McLeod for the intro music, thanks to Brandon Sanderson for these fascinating portrayals of faith, and thanks to you for listening. So see you next time.